0: So it's Thanksgiving dinner, and it's time for the kids to go around and share what it is that they're thankful for. And Johnny is the oldest of the children, and he gets up and he shares that this giving thanks business is getting a little rote for him every year. It's getting a little dull, and so he's decided this year that he has made a list of what he's not grateful for that he wants to share with the family. Do you wanna hear some of what's on his list? There's COVID and lockdowns and inflation and gun violence. And then he goes on and he might be channeling the minister here a little bit. Uh, I am not grateful for the, the coffee grounds that fall out of the filter from the coffee maker to the trash. I am not grateful when the shortest line at the grocery store becomes the longest line at the grocery store. I'm not grateful for commercials that are five times louder than the program that I'm trying to watch on TV. I'm talking to you, Hulu. (laughs) I'm not grateful for Daylight Savings Time, the spring one where I lose the hour of sleep. And uh, Johnny keeps sharing, Uh, and at first the family's a little aghast, but Johnny's so creative. And they love Johnny so much, and they all can't help but feel, you guessed it, grateful. Thus, the message this morning, how do you gratitude? How do you gratitude? I personally create a list of what I'm not grateful every year because it ultimately helps me to laugh and to realize how grateful I am. And as the great Norman Lear once said, when we laugh, we are one. So it doesn't matter how you gratitude, but that you gratitude. And I want to share some tips and practices for deepening your gratitude practice today. But to begin, a few points about gratitude. The first is that gratitude is not an occasional act. It's a spiritual principle. Gratitude is a creative power. Feel that gratitude and how you can use it in your life. It's that universal principle that says there's more where that came from. When you give thanks, you beget thanks. When you give thanks, you beget more to be thankful for. When you give thanks, you increase the blessings in your life. When you give thanks, you become a blessing. Jesus compared human consciousness to thirst. To be human is to thirst. And he used the metaphor for water to express eternal life. Gratitude is how we drink of eternal life. Gratitude is how we embrace the blessing of life. It's how we become spiritual beings. And yet our founder, Ernest Holmes, told the story of a man who was so, so thirsty and complaining about how thirsty he was, and he finally had a big drink of water, and then continued to complain about how thirsty he was. Too much of human consciousness is like that today. We drink, but we don't quench our thirst. We eat food, but we don't taste it. We live life, but we miss its meaning and its fulfillment. Gratitude is that creative principle that brings us right back in to who we are, to why we're here, to what we're called to become. Second point about gratitude. You don't have to give thanks for every little thing in your life in order to give thanks for the whole of your life. There's such power in giving thanks for the whole of your life. That list that I make about what I'm not grateful for It first is to honor that sarcastic part within me. (laughs) But more seriously, sometimes I can't really give thanks for the whole of my life until I acknowledge what I'm not grateful for. There's a lot this morning reading the news that I am not grateful for. There are things in my life that I'm not grateful for, and sometimes just to go straight to gratitude can be a kind of spiritual bypass. So to acknowledge the hurts... To acknowledge even the pet peeves leads me to the other reason why I do it is that list of what I'm grateful for is so much damn longer than the list of what I'm not grateful for. Margaret Stortz, a longtime beloved religious science minister, uh, writes regularly in the Science of My magazine. And one of my favorite one of her writings is, is several years ago when she turned 80, and she shares this. I have lived long enough now to have created a history of my own. And from it, I have gained a thing called perspective. I have discovered that the gaps between my successes and failures have narrowed quite a bit. In some ways, they've almost evened out. Don't mistake me, though. The genuine loves have never dimmed, and the great losses still ache. But most everything else seems not quite as important as it once did." The job that didn't pan out is just a memory. And the man I thought I'd never forget, I can barely remember. She concludes, so 80s here, nailed it. On to 90. Thank you, Margaret, for that. Perspective. Real perspective awakens a soul awareness that allows us to view our lives in wholeness, even if some of the stuff in it is mucky and terrible, there's this consciousness of a wholeness still available to us. I asked myself this week, and I don't know if I fully settled on an answer, uh, the question I invite you to ask yourself, does gratitude have an opposite? What's the opposite of gratitude? Is it cynicism? Is it cursedness? My friend Christine Monks uh, said entitlement. I really liked that. But if I had to to say something, I would use that word apathy. That we live our life between two poles apathy and gratitude. And we're missing the point when we verge towards apathy, not caring, not feeling, not knowing. Gratitude is knowing, it's real perspective. It's the truth of who you are. And this is the last point I want to make about gratitude before getting into those tips and tricks. Is that gratitude isn't just giving thanks. It's seeing clearly. When I see not only what I'm grateful for, but when I see from a consciousness of wholeness, a consciousness of gratitude, I am seeing things as they really and truly are. I step away from the cynic type perspective that sees life as I think it, is, to see it as it really is, to live not in my own universe, but to live in God's universe, which results in gratitude, in resonance, and in awe. The great biblical scholar Abraham Heschel pointed out that all of that Hebrew scriptures, all that Old Testament stuff where where we hear that word fear a lot. The beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord. What? Fear God, be a God-fearing person. What? He says that that word why you are I uh, can also be translated as awe. The beginning of wisdom is awe of the Lord. Oh. Be a God-awing person. These are commandments that I can follow. And awe and reverence is the beginning of bringing a true, real, and valid perspective into our lives. Heschel says, The meaning of awe is to realize that life takes place under wide horizons. Horizons that range beyond the span of an individual life, or even the life of a nation, a generation, or an era. Awe enables us to perceive in the world intimations of the divine, to sense in small things the beginning of infinite significance, to sense the ultimate in the common and the simple, to feel in the rush of the passing the stillness of the eternal. Take a deep breath. The Stillness of the eternal awakens reverence that allows us to see to really see what a gift. So how do you gratitude? Gratitude should always take place in the present moment, but it can be directed to many different times. The most common form of gratitude, we'll all practice it most likely at Thanksgiving, is directed at our past. What I'm grateful for, let's go back to the family table and let's say Johnny gets up and he reads the standard. I'm grateful for my pets. I'm grateful that my mom makes me lunch, breakfast, and dinner. I'm grateful for being given a car. I'm grateful for having good grades at school. And I don't mean to say this is dull or boring, this is a wonderful practice, but a deeper way of understanding, giving thanks for what has been, is that it's a profound kind of forgiveness. That gratitude for our past is a profound kind of forgiveness because it allows us to take with us the best of what we have gathered while we allow what's over to be over so that we can move on. Recognition of gratitude for what has been helps us really embody the best of what's been so that we can move forward with clarity. I was once in a workshop taught by a wonderful practitioner named Don Kroll. It was a memoir writing workshop. I was 20 years old, so I didn't have a whole much to say at the time. But the exercise went like this. To first identify significant events in your life. For many of us, those significant events are tragic. The loss of a loved one. A debilitating um, illness or injury. Abuse. You write the significant event, and then the next step is the immediate result. I lost a loved one and, and, and didn't want to become attached to anyone again. I felt lost in a twilight fog. I was hit by a car and was stuck in bed for many months healing. I was lonely, isolated, and never felt quite the same. I was abused It made me feel shameful. It made me feel that I didn't want to keep living. It made me feel broken and like I would never feel better. These are all understandable, immediate results. But the last one was the ultimate result. What kind of person did you ultimately become because this happened? I lost a loved one but I became even more committed and understanding of the importance of family. I was in bed for several months, but I developed an inner world and became an incredible artist or writer. Even though I was abused, I took my learnings and lessons from that and committed myself to being a healing presence for those who've been abused. So you never have to give thanks for those first two things. You never have to be grateful for the negative things, But that ultimate result can bring forth a kind of gratitude that helps us to heal, that shows our ability to transcend even the most challenging of experiences to become a positive, powerful presence in the world. Gratitude for the past can become a kind of forgiveness that moves us forward. And for you, some some of you watching today, You may have that still ill experience. You may still be feeling the effects of the immediate result. But know that the the ultimate result can still be written. You can still change your life and turn a negative into a positive. So there's gratitude for the past. But there can also be gratitude for the future. That excitement that you get for, for what's upcoming. So let's go back to the dinner table again. It's Thanksgiving and Johnny has a different list. He's going to share the things that he's grateful for that haven't happened yet. I'm grateful for the PlayStation 5 that I will be receiving for Christmas. (laughs) I am grateful for the date that I have to the dance. I am grateful for having straight A's on my report card. I am grateful that my parents forgive me for the dent that they have yet to find on the car. (laughs) It sounds a little awkward at first, and yet, gratitude for what has yet to become in our lives is a powerful form of prayer. Practitioners in this teaching, all of us, um, we, we, we have a steps to our prayer. And one of them is, is a step of gratitude. It's where we give thanks for what is becoming in our lives. It's a step of emotional acceptance. It's the realization that if I can see something clearly, in my mind's eye, and feel it as so in my heart, I am two-thirds of the way to experiencing it as entirely so as I attract myself and what I'm seeking in my experience today. Gratitude tends the soil of the heart and plants the seeds in divine mind that can bring forth what it is that we seek to experience, and the person we mean to be to experience it. Don't forget that part. It's that consciousness of acceptance. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ernest Holmes said, Since we all can conceive of a greater good than we have so far experienced, so we all have the ability to transcend previous experiences and rise above them. You are possibility on legs. (laughs) That's who you are. That's who we are as spiritual and human beings. We create mediums of possibility that use divine intelligence if we can prepare ourselves with that gratitude of acceptance, of willingness to step in and love this life that we've been blessed with. In our family, we have the tradition that my wife, April, brought in of a gratitude box. And so at Thanksgiving dinner, we all say what we're grateful for, but then April pulls out the gratitude box, and there's, there's uh, paper and pens in there, and you write down what it is you want to be grateful for next year. So you make the list, and you put it in the envelope, and the next Thanksgiving, The box comes out again. You get to read what you wrote the year before to see what happened, and then you get to write the letter for next year. Pretty cool, right? Perhaps a ritual to introduce at your Thanksgiving table. Gratitude can be for the past. It can be for what is yet to come. But most powerfully, gratitude is a practice for the present. Thanksgiving dinner, Johnny's turn again. This time he gets up, and he doesn't have a list at all. Dad, I'm grateful for you. Mom, I'm grateful for you, I love you so much. Sticks the finger in the cranberry sauce. I am grateful for this cranberry sauce. I'm grateful for my clothes, grateful to breathe, grateful to have a home, grateful to live in a beautiful world, Grateful for sports and for social media. Grateful for my friends. Grateful for my skin. Grateful to feel love. Grateful to see and to hear, to know. And, and, and as we're thankful in the present moment, our soul, it speaks. It speaks. Not in a way that we hear in words, but in a way that we can feel. Thank you. 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 It's this creative momentum that we can step into and ride into greater and greater good. Thank you. Will you say it with me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. even, Even in this present moment, I'm grateful for this podium that holds my notes. I'm grateful for the shoes on my feet. I'm grateful for Raz and Tina. I'm grateful for Jackie. Grateful for everyone that's here. Grateful to look into your eyes. Grateful to breathe. Grateful for the sanctuary. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A tool to practice this week and in the weeks to come. When someone knocks you off your flow, someone says something that gets you down, something happens that makes you not feel good about the day, just stop. Take a deep breath. Thank you. Thank you. I'm thankful for my life. Thankful for these clothes. I'm thankful for my car. I'm thankful for this freeway. I'm thankful for this music. I'm thankful for this food. Allow that new momentum of gratitude to bring you back into alignment with where it is that you want to go. Not to retreat into apathy, but to practice a courageous gratitude that shows your resilience, your heart, your passion, and your fire. Even on a day like this, a terrible, tragic day, where people I'm sure in our community have been injured or affected by immense loss, we can practice a courageous gratitude. Recognizing gratitude is not An occasional act. It's a spiritual principle. It's the most creative power that you can use in your life right now. You don't have to be thankful for everything in your life, but you can be grateful for the whole of this life. And when you're you're in that gratitude, it, it takes hold in your being, and you see as if for the first time, even though you may have seen like that so many times before, you see with the eyes of the eternal now, and you can step in to your life practicing gratitude for what has been, for what is to come. But most essentially, you can anchor your life in the best of what is right now with that simple phrase, thank you, thank you, thank you. How do you gratitude?